I'm Farah Dijanet of Farah Dijanet Whole Horsemanship in Central Massachusetts in the USA. And this is another episode of my podcast where I'll help you liberate your horsemanship. What's up, horse peeps? Happy spring if you're in the East Coast and uh, you're in the U.S. Uh, we're happily um, warm, having a warming trend. I don't want to jinx us. We all know here up in New England that um, at least my personal events don't count winter out till June. So uh, I think I said that in the last podcast. But um, anyway, things are starting to bud. And... Uh, the ground is uh, thawing, and that means we can ride outside. Yay! Uh, this podcast I have uh, featuring the grandmother of Ohana, Holly. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Holly, who is a very old Arabian mare that came to me through a very, uh, to be honest, crazy story. Um, she is retired here by her lovely people, and um, she's uh, amazing. She's just amazing, tough. The Arabians—they look very delicate, but she's a she's a tough old bird. But she's the sweetest, sweetest horse, and um, you know she's a fighter. Uh, she's cheated death uh, probably more than once here, but. Um, I wanted to start out today with, um, first of all, congratulating all the girls out there on Women's History Month, and I wanted to talk about um, women in horsemanship and um, some of the most influential horsemen in my world, or should I say horse women or horse people. Uh, responsible for the revolutions in my my uh, methodology uh, are women and I have said this in the past and I'll say it again um, when natural horsemanship was coming on and I was a young trainer and you know I was looking at all this methodology uh, very male yeah, as, as many dis, uh, as uh, many you know, industries male dominated, and at some point I found um, some lesser known women trainers and uh, good horsemen, and um, I can say with a hundred percent honesty that that the most influential trainers in my life have been women, and. Um, this month we are talking about um, honoring women and I just want to give a shout out to all the excellent female horsemen out there and one of the statements I've always said and I still stick by this today is it took women horsemen to make natural horsemanship truly natural and what I define as natural and not rope halter round pen training which you know, to me is not natural, actually. Um, you know, it's a, it's a valid form of training. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't consider it natural. 
because horses can't put themselves in round pens with other horses and they can't attach rope halters and leads to each other. So that's just another form of training where we use tech and certain um, equipment. So um, one of the things I wanted to uh, touch on was um, the fact that how I developed my system, because um, whether you want to say it was because I was female or whatever, um, I worked by myself quite a bit and still do with horses. So I relied heavily and rely heavily on my relationship with my horses. I never had ground people. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of times women have to work smarter and be more innovative because they don't have the ability to use brawn. Um, not saying women aren't strong. I'm, I'm a fierce, strong farm chick, and I know many who are. But, you know, we all know that there's giant guys who are very good at sort of strong-arming horses when they want to do stuff or using their, their power. And I think it's actually really interesting that um, it you know, forces you to, you know, think about really, you know, the relationship with the horse and how to work with the horse, um, appealing to their mind, which then appeals to the relationship with you and trust. So, um, I've always thought of that as being really interesting, uh, work smarter, not harder, uh, use your brain, not your brawn, and, empath. It's empathy. Um, one of the things that's interesting to me, uh, without necessarily saying that feminine energy is, um, better, but in Chinese medicine, uh, you have yin and yang energy. And I think that that's really interesting to look at that. It's really powerful to have both yin energy is is the feminine and we don't have to really think of that as um, you know a gender thing um, you know they'll talk about gender these days and um, non-gender uh, it's just whether uh, you know everybody embodies both uh, yin and yang energy is in everybody and um, you want to have it be balanced but um, I thought it was interesting to just talk about briefly um, that yin energy represents feminine, soft, intuitive, flexibility, calm, uh, free, collaborative, receptive, uh, nurturing, and yang energy, masculine, energetic, giving, leading, active, physical, efficient, uh, power, intellect. So in Chinese medicine, you have those two. Now, obviously, we want to be balanced in both because those are all useful um, energies to work with. Um, But if there's more yang energy, obviously, if you are unbalanced to the yang side, you know, you may um, be lacking some of those things and they may be helpful, or if you're um, 
unbalanced to the inside, you know, you may also be lacking. So really you want to look for the balance in these energies. Um, it's not, uh, you know, that it, it's, it's a work, something to work for is like to try to keep your energies balanced. And also I believe animals can be that way too. You know, um, animals can be imbalanced, um, one way or the other. And you find some animals that are much more yin or much more yang. So it's an interesting way of looking at it. So, um, you know, just talking about uh, energy, feminine energy, and um, how that plays in, and, and masculine energy. And um, just something to think about. Uh, another thing I was wanting to bring up is... Um, an interesting experience that I've heard. So as a female horseman, um, I've heard men say, uh, number one, uh, women can't train horses. So we're just going to just go right by that one. And uh, I'm sure you're all rolling your eyes right now. But I know I did. Anyway, someone, a man actually said that. And um, also that uh, you can't be emotional and have be empathetic to a horse when you're training. A man said that to me also, that uh, if you had an emotional connection to your horse, you couldn't be as effective of a trainer. So, um, of course, I didn't uh, listen to that. And I thought, oh, how sad that, you know, you could train with no connection or empathy to the animal. Um, So, anyway... These are some of the things I've heard from male trainers, and of course, not all male trainers are like that, but um, just interesting statements that stuck with me, you know, and um, one of the other things I always like to say about uh, equestrian sports, whether you show or you don't show, there are very few sports in the world where women and men compete equally. There is no separation of a women's division or men's division, and I've always really liked that about equestrian sport. So, um, some people may not have thought of that, but it's a level playing field, and also you often find that um, it's not about how old you are. You know, in the Olympics, you have veteran riders a lot of times, and um, you know, a lot of times they have a long. Illustrious careers. So, uh, you know, it's not a sport that's dominated by, you know, you're retired by the time you're 22 because you're too old and your body's broken. Although we do break our bodies, let's be real. But uh, some things I appreciate about uh, equestrian sport. Uh, There's a lot of things I don't appreciate about it too, but uh, we don't need to get into that now. Um, On to Holly and her story and I just talked about that she was uh, the grandma they are one of our elders one of our beloved elders and um, without going too much into her story she had a very um, unsettled life she has had uh, many owners you know been passed around had a lot of health issues when she came in. So, um, separation anxiety, very big with her. And, um, 
you know, the recipe for separation anxiety is exactly what this horse is, you know, from what I gleaned from her owners and just from uh, some of the information I was able to collect about her history. Uh, yeah, she was moved around constantly and, uh, yeah, several owners and, um, you know, when, as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, um, horses with separation issues, they don't trust their environment and so they become bonded to the only other being that makes sense to them, another horse. So, uh, duh, <laughs> you know, um, who are you going to cling to when humans are you know, um, not really making you feel safe and, and in a safe environment. So, uh, generally I feel like that, uh, is an environmental issue and, uh, an issue of not trusting the environment that you're in. So if you're, if a horse is moved frequently, changed owners frequently, I mean, of course. So, um, Holly came to the farm years ago and yes, she was um, very bonded to um, the horses she came with. She came with a couple of other horses and um, those horses are no longer here, but she stayed and I couldn't catch her. Um, She wanted no part of being caught at all unless it was around feeding time. And so I really had to spend a lot of time building a relationship with her. And she also came with chronic eye issues. I have never seen a horse with such chronic eye issues, which I came to learn through our awesome vet, uh, our Chinese medicine vet, that um, when the liver is out of balance, um, she had a lot of issues connected to her liver being out of balance. And I have to tell you, I've never put so much eye ointment in a horse as this horse. I just taken to carrying ointment in my pockets until we figured out how to get her back in balance. We, of course, uh, used uh, several Chinese herbs. She's actually on the most Chinese herbs of any horse here, but she's also, like, pretty spry and uh, happy, and I have no idea how old she is. We think she's north of 30 at this point, but uh, is quite peppy, uh, though she's had some close calls. Uh, you know, we've, we've managed to bring her back from the edge. Uh, it wasn't her time to go yet. But she is uh, also a horse that suffers from PPID, or uh, otherwise known as uh, Cushing's, and um, sometimes low blood pressure as an older horse. And uh, her hooves were problematic, of course. She was a hoof rehab when she came severe contraction. Um, So uh, basically, I spent a lot of time building trust with her and um, going into the paddocks with her and just spending time with her. And, uh, you know, gradually just showing her that I didn't expect anything from her and then I wanted to stabilize her routine and her environment. And as she got more comfortable in the routine and the environment, and she became more uh, trusting of me, um, a lot of times I would just go in and maybe offer her a bit of carrot or something and then um, leave, you know, things that just uh, let her know that I didn't want anything from her and I was just a friend. Um, 
you fast forward to now, um, I can basically do anything with this um, there. I can go out and, you know, um, don't have to have a halter on her. You know, all of our horses here are terms at liberty, generally speaking. Um, her hooves have come around quite a bit. Um, her last blood work that we did for her Cushing's was um, very good and very great numbers. And we are maintaining her 100% on uh, Chinese herbs. And so um, she actually looks the best I've seen her in a long time. But um, yeah, a lot of these, uh, just sharing that we can handle a lot of these issues fixable and uh, you know it's taken time and we've had to you know shift herbs I like to tell people that with the herbs you have to um, understand that the horses herbs get changed we don't just have them on one protocol and in fact we had to change her herbs several times to um, sometimes we'd get things in check and then something would change and we'd have to change her herbs with that so they get re-examined here the horses on a regular basis you know to make sure that they're on the right protocols and regimens for their particular issues health issues that they have so um you know the change in her has been so um, amazing you know she's she's you know a horse that we can just let roam around the property now and you can go right up to her she'll come to you and you know it's interesting to me that she's quite bonded to my quarter horse uh, Dean who I did a recent past podcast about who also had severe separation anxiety and he uh, is her best friend or boyfriend if you will and it's really interesting that they no longer have separation anxiety even from each other they can be taken away from each other but they are inseparable in the paddocks and the reason i want to talk about that is because people always approach separation anxiety by well i don't want to keep that horse with any other horses because then they'll get binded and it's really interesting that when you help horses feel secure in their environment in fact those the two of them dean and holly are in a herd with several other horses Uh, their herd is now uh, five at this point and um they don't have any trouble leaving each other and they are literally joined at the hip when they're in the paddocks i mean they're actually quite adorable um i use them as an example in clinics sometimes of um how uh, you move as one because when you watch them move together you don't know who is moving like it looks like they're one horse when they move or or somewhat almost like a merit of full so it's a really um, great example of how we can embody that sort of relationship and I love I love to use that because they're not needy with each other anymore but they are also you know very bonded to each other it's it's sort of almost like to me like the ideal relationship and you can't tell who is leading ever when they're together they just move in unison so it's a great teaching um, representation you know the, the horses are great teachers that way 
So, um, I don't agree that when horses have sphere separation, that they should be kept away from other horses. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, dealing with them trusting everyone who's around them and trusting their routine and trusting what's happening to them on a regular basis. And I think I mentioned in the past, um, couple podcasts where I talked about separation anxiety that uh, we've had great success with pretty severe cases here where it's just no longer an issue and as I always say I can't tell you when it didn't become an issue you know it's a it's just an over time there was no magic date where all of a sudden we were like hey that horse doesn't have separation anxiety anymore this is the product of just a consistent supportive program for each individual horse here and um you know i don't do exercise you know there are exercises i can do with horses but generally they're built around trust um you know it's not about taking the horses away from the other horses when they want to be with them you know um i think Actually, if you want to build trust with a horse, you don't want to take them away from their buddy. That's actually the best way to ruin trust with a horse, is to take them away from the horse they're really bonded to. What you want to start doing is working on your relationship with that particular horse and getting to the point where that horse sees you as the same value as the buddy or whoever they they are bonded to. So, um, again, that's what we we approach how we approach that here is the relationship the relationship is everything so now we have this very uh spunky uh happy healthy little arabian mare and um she is uh yeah she's she's our oldest elder and we just you know love her like our own even though she belongs to one of my clients she is uh, a total sweetie, as I said. Um, really, she embodies to me, um, you know, the elder horse, how to care for the elder horse. And, and that, um, you know, that a lot of these really severe health issues can be overcome uh, using Chinese medicine and uh, holistic methods. Especially what was stunning to me was the, the ability to clear up her eyes. I know she had such a bad history of uh, uveitis and keratitis. And um, if you're not uh, clear on the difference of those, um, one is of the outer layers of the inflammation, chronic inflammation of the outer layers, and one is chronic inflammation of like the eye itself. So she had both of those, uh, which are generally in remission right now so um yeah I mean pretty severe severe stuff Uh, she had an eye surgery before she came to us so it's been uh, a really good case study on managing that type of issue I believe that it came from the fact that she was diagnosed with chronic Lyme and I think that that's probably why she it sort of morphed into in her that that was the symptoms that it took on so um, I have seen that with Lyme cases uh, 
because generally uveitis, you know, we associate with certain breeds. So, um, yeah, just interesting to, uh, it can be a result of Lyme and, and chronic Lyme. So, um, that's kind of the broad stroke of Miss Holly. Uh, she is loved by everybody here. And, um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, as per usual, is, um, my upcoming event, which is the first time I'm offering, I'm going to be doing a live Zoom online one-month course on the Ohana Equine Human Relationship Exercises and my new Soul of Horsemanship. Um, um, this is running from May uh, 11th to June 8th, and I will be streaming live on Zoom, and I will also be giving access to pre-recorded material, and um, I've got some interesting stuff planned. So if you saw that uh, recently in January I had streamed to Japan, um, I'm really interested in doing this so I can um, reach everybody globally so it's not just a local event so if you've been wanting to take a course in deepening your relationship what I'm currently interested in is really deepening even more like I'm I'm going deeper with my exercises you know I'm evolving the program to go even deeper than we have ever before and this is the result of that this year this class that I'm offering online so uh, please do check it out in my uh, events list on my website at fdhorsemanship.com I'm pretty excited about this and I think it's uh, it's really gonna be an interesting experience for everybody and I want to be able to reach everybody in all different places on the globe because sharing is caring. So um, that is uh, the most current upcoming uh, online course. And I'm going to be doing, obviously, the Youth Horsemanship Camp in spring in person here. And uh, that's super fun. And if you haven't already heard about the F Adulting Camp, which I'm running for the first time uh, in June, limited spaces and it is literally why should kids have all the fun this is going to be really fun adults so uh, check that out on my website also and I'm going to be offering uh, a lot more live zoom classes and courses in the upcoming months I'm still uh, forming them and uh, incubating some of them but um, I wanted to, as always, I usually start this year around May is when I run the uh, equine human relationship uh, exercise class. But I'm doing it online this year, so it is available to everybody. So I uh, don't have a lot of limitations on how many people can be in it, which is great. So we can really have a lot more people also. So uh, if you have any questions, contact me on the website or Facebook or Instagram. 
whatever modes you want to talk to me on and I will answer your questions and register. Uh, our herb of this podcast is licorice, which I have been craving a lot lately. I've been using, uh, what do we call it? Homopharmacognosy. Zoopharmacognosy is when animals intuitively pick the foods and herbs and things that they need to heal and, and balance themselves nutritionally and I practice homopharmacognosy which is the human version of it and I have been picking licorice a lot lately licorice tea and um, licorice is an amazing herb it's super powerful Um, in Chinese medicine it uh, is very um, impactful on the spleen stomach lung kidneys and heart it's good for pain, it's amazing for digestion and ulcers, GI tract, it is um, great for respiratory, uh, coughs, um, infections, uh, it's anti-carcinogenic, can help you detox, um, it's great for skin, um, it's actually one of the greatest herbs. I mean, there's a few like go-to herbs for me, and licorice is definitely one um this peppermint is one uh also uh i really love raspberry leaf um yeah there's just uh there's like six superpower ones uh astragalus is a great one um you know you can make teas with these things you can actually make teas for horses too but um, see what you're drawn to. If you want to experiment with homopharmacognosy, which is your intuitive ability to select the things you want, um, think about what you crave. In Chinese medicine, you can think about flavors. Uh, if you crave sweet, salty, bitter, uh, spicy, or uh, sour, uh, those are flavors. What are your predominant ones you go for. We all we tend to all go for all of them sometimes, but there's usually one or two which we really go for. I'm a salty person and uh, in more ways than one. And um, I like, uh, currently I've been looking for a sweet because um, yeah, uh, when I go to China, uh, acupuncture, they're helping me balance my spleen and that is uh, sweet that flavor. Uh, sweet doesn't have to be sugar. It can be, you know, fruit or certain fruits or whatever. It's, um, but it, it can also be actual sugar. Um, and also, um, you know, go to the store. Uh, we all make shopping lists and we tend to buy the same things week after week. There's certain produce that we always get. You know, I always have bananas, lots of bananas. And currently I'm eating a lot of tangerines. And I also always have to have avocados. And when I look up all those things, they pertain to things that I'm trying to balance in my health when I look at the Chinese medicine uh, values of what they represent. Uh, They are very 
uh, in tune with what things they're just the foods I always choose to buy but when I actually look them up I can see what it is that I'm I'm trying to balance in myself so uh, it's kind of like intuitive eating um, the other thing that you can look for when you're shopping is um, sometimes all of a sudden you have a massive craving for uh, asparagus or something you know that's a thing so all of a sudden you really want this certain vegetable or you really want this certain certain item so um, yeah you can look them up uh, I usually if I look something up it's uh, just put TCM after it traditional Chinese medicine you know you don't have to type the whole word and you will get um, the medicinal values of that particular food so um, I think uh, that's going to be it for this uh, podcast and um, yeah I hope that uh, I'm going to see you guys in uh, the online courses and I hope that um, wherever you are everything's awesome and good things are happening for you and your horse Find out more about Faradijanet Whole Horsemanship at fdhorsemanship.com, YouTube, Faradijanet Horsemanship on Facebook, at fdhorsemanship on Instagram, at fdhorsemanship on Twitter, and also you can join my membership site at fdhorsemanship.com where you can have access to virtual coaching, my online mentor program, and also many many videos plus videos for sale on cold starting and many exercises that i teach 